Welcome to Supply Chain Radio. This is Greg Kiefer, and today I am joined by Mr. Mark Cosway. Mark, welcome to the show. Well, thank you. I'm glad to be here. So, Mark, in your professional role, you're out in the world talking to supply chain leadership at very large companies. And I always, when I have guests like this on my show, like to ask, what are some of the things you're hearing about out there? You're in the boardrooms of some very big companies. What are these companies talking about or telling you about that would be interesting for our audience today? Well, it's a great question. I think that if you look across the various you know sectors that we serve, like consumer goods and electronics, high tech and life sciences, and you know even discrete manufacturers, I think that these manufacturers are continuing to try and take cost out. And so I call it transformation costs. So that would be the cost directly associated with their manufacturing and their goods. And traditionally that's been in the transportation area or the transportation zone. I think that these companies have done a pretty good job of that over the years and they're tuning it, you know, and getting incremental value out of that. But the bigger prize that what I'm hearing about is more what I would call instead of the cost of goods sold equation or variable is more on the working capital side of things. So think inventory. I was at recently at a large life sciences company in New Jersey, and we're talking about, they have an initiative where they've got an evaluation going on for a TMS. And TMS is a general term for, you know, transportation management. So I said to the gentleman, I said, so, you know, what's your goal? And he said, well, what do you mean? I said, well, from a transportation cost of goodies, well, we've been working trying to take $100 million out over the last two years and, you know, through some hard work and whatnot, we've taken 60 out. We got, you know, another 40 million. I said, seems interesting. Tell me a little bit about inventory. He says, now that's interesting. Inventory. He says, last year, we took out a billion point three, 1.3 billion in inventory. I said, now this is interesting. And I said, so do you have another goal for the upcoming 12, 18 months? He said, we want to take a billion dollars out. And I said, how are you going to do that? And said, well, you know, we've got a, a number of initiatives, but we think that if we can get better command and control of our global processes and we can see kind of beyond logistics, because if you think about logistics visibility, so where's my stuff and where's my cash, which are the two big questions we can answer. The where's my stuff is a subset of where is my stuff in my factories? Where's my stuff in my suppliers and their suppliers? And that then begins to sort of smack of collaboration. I need to be able to see multi-tiers back. And the more I can see, the more fidelity I can get on those things, the more control that I can have over where my stuff is, where my exceptions are going to be. And then I can start to look at my cycle times, how I can take the buffer stocks out of my network, if you will. So they're starting to really look at the network and stuff they own. So what's in their distribution centers, what's in their factories, but also stuff that they don't own yet. So what's in their suppliers. And so they need to have a better holistic view of all that. And so that's where the big prize is. It's funny because you talk about visibility a lot. That's a very common term and bantered around in the supply chain circles for decades, plural. Yep. And oftentimes that holistic end-to-end -end view from payment of goods all the way back through multi-tiers of supplier, 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 that's really the prize, right? It's that holistic end-to-end yep. -end view that's not just logistics or just a, yep. a factory, right? It's everything. Yep. If you can actually get a handle on the, the picture of where's my stuff, the materials that's in the network that you own and you don't own, that's really the holy grail because then you can start to look at new concepts like network order management. Now you can start to put planning around there and planning applications and such, and you can actually plan orders throughout the network. So not just within your own 
order management systems within your own four walls, but actually in the network. So it becomes kind of a virtual network warehouse of everything. And you can do all sorts of strategies like dynamic inventory allocation, you know, modal shifts, things like that. But you can get a much better handle of those strategies. Right. It's interesting because we actually recently supported a study that we did about digital supply chain transformation. Mm -hmm. And one of the questions we asked 350 supply chain execs in North America and Europe was, you have this grand vision five years from now of where you want to get to. And they all have this vision and they all have a place in mind. But when we asked them, how are you going to get there, right? Supply chain visibility was cited like 95% of the time, which is amazing if you think about it for a quantitative study. That's near unanimous. So people, I think, understand that being able to see is kind of the magic pathway. But the question of kind of the next level down of how you get there, that's the trick, right? That's the thing that the market still needs to understand. There's another sort of topic that's coming up much more frequently these days, and it's around this concept of I call the live supply chain. And so we're getting more and more customers wanting to know not just about history, in other words, what's already happened. So, you know, we can get that to them pretty quickly, but it's really hard to get left of history, right? You know, so they're saying to us, how are you involving or incorporating things like the Internet of Things or the industrial Internet, sensors and all those types of things? Because that type of information is increasing in dramatic volumes every week, and it's relatively inexpensive. And so the ability to actually sort of fuse all these types of information flows in and sort of figure out, you know, where's my stuff? Not only where's it been, but where is it right now? And more importantly, where is it going to be or what my issues are going to be? These are the issues that I think some of these executives are thinking about because they want to get on the uh, right side of history. And you can't get left of history if you're looking at sort of what I call descriptive analytics or diagnostic analytics. They want to get into predictives and prescriptives. And so in Cambridge, I don't know if you know, Greg, we've got this uh, labs called Dynamic Sciences Lab. It's about 15 or 17 PhDs, and all they work on are very tough NP-hard problems around predictive analytics, prescriptive. So we can bring customers in and sort of solve very tough problems that we couldn't do before. Right. Wow. Well, the world's a-changing, isn't it? It is. Been in this business a long time, and the same old problems, trying to take inventory out, trying to take cost out, but the speed at which customers are having to adapt their businesses is amazing, actually. Yeah, it's good to be on the front lines, I'll bet. It is. It is. Tough problems, but fun to solve, and they bring real value. Right. Well, thanks for coming on the show, Mark. Thank you. This is Greg Kiefer. This is Supply Chain Radio, and we are signing out. 